we've got hockey talk. Those are the moments you're a sports fan for. Um, those are the moments where you know you're down three nothing, and the team has this amazing comeback, and the guy who you want, who you really are thinking this needs to be the star of this team, has a hat trick. We've got beer. It has a unicorn on the can. An easy drinking beer that's just delicious. We want to help you understand the sport you love better. What kind of things are you looking for to understand the game better? What you know? What's a couple of things someone who's watching the game at home when things start up here in a few weeks, or if they're watching college hockey, what's going on right now? What kind of things would they be looking for to try and understand the game better, or what's happening in the game, that sort of thing? Sure. Yeah, it's a great question, and I think it's it's something that's evergreen. Um, Listen to Jackets Debrief, part of the Hockey Podcast Network, and available wherever fine podcasts are downloaded. You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network, your home for hockey talk covering every team in the NHL. New episodes every Monday. Download at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. Hello, welcome to the Kane Strain Podcast here on the Hockey Podcast Network. Did I sound like a broadcaster right there? That's not me, man. I could never do that. I could never, <laughs> I could never talk like that for an entire episode. That would be very not on brand. You know what I mean? You know what I mean. If you're if you're a subscriber of this show, you know what I mean. Um, welcome back to the show. Thanks so much for. Joining me here on this wonderful Thursday, I hope it's a wonderful Thursday for you. Um, I'm hoping at some point some news has come out about the official release of the season starting. I don't know that right now as I'm recording this, um, but you know, it looks like all signs point to it's going to happen at some point. So today on this episode you're hearing right now, I talked to The Athletic's Sean McIndoo, also known as Down Goes Brown. I'm sure you've seen some of his articles if you subscribe to The Athletic. If you have not, I would highly recommend you do. His stuff is outstanding. It's extremely creative. It's it's very lighthearted and, you know, uh, plenty of humor in it. So uh, someone I love reading stuff from. He's a really, really down-to-earth, uh, nice guy. So super happy that he took the time out of his day to record for this shit show of a podcast so thank you, Sean. Uh, follow him at Down Goes Brown. But before we get into that, which you will hear here in just a few minutes, um, you know, I wanted to just talk about some some nonsense because that's what uh, that's what my life is all about. So uh, you know, whatever. Let's just get into it. Uh, um, e- yikes! This is off the rails. Yeah. All right. It's off the rails time. I haven't heard that music in a little bit. It's a nice, uh, it's a nice uh, throwback to the very recent past. But uh, today, what I have for you on off the rails just happened to me uh, yesterday as I'm recording this, and it reminded me why almost, almost my entire like the, my main goal in life. Okay, your main goal might be provide for my family. You know, have success 
in my job, uh, reach my dreams, turning my hobby into a, a dream job and a career, okay? Those might be your goals. Let me tell you what my main goal in life is. Avoid crazy people, okay? That's my number one task. Every day I wake up and in my brain I go, let's make sure we keep shit normal today, okay? I don't have time for insanity. I don't want any part of it. You be crazy on your own time. There's nothing wrong with it, but I'm going to go this way, okay? I'm really good at that. Self-admittedly, I'm very good at reading a person and going, nope, and going, all right, well, you have a good one, and I walk away. Uh, There are plenty of people in my life that are not as good at that, okay? Like my wife will get stuck in a conversation with someone because she's too nice. You got to learn. Like we were on our trip recently. Uh, You know, we met some people, and I'm all for talking to people, but there was one night where we were just like, I don't feel like hanging out, and I kind of just want to go back to the room and chill. And I was like, I got this. So we go up, you know, we pass them. They go, hey guys, how you doing? I went, hey, great, thanks. Y'all have a good night. And we kept walking and I went, that's how you do it right there. Not rude, just letting you know, not interested, all right? So that's me in my life in general. Something happened yesterday that reminded me of uh, what hell would be like for me if it does exist and it's just infinite torture. This scenario I'm about to describe to you would be mine, individual one, okay? If, if it's designed for each person in the world, this would be mine right here. I work in construction, okay? And without boring you the details, we have a job right now where somebody's train and their courtyard is clogged with a bunch of roots, so we're, we're figuring out how to get the water out, right? So we're walking around, um, and downtown Savannah is very... If you've ever been to Savannah, I, I don't know. Maybe you've seen it. It's very historical, all the houses are like row houses connected. They're all super old, built in the 1800s. Um, and so all the infrastructure is very weird and connected because they were all owned at the same, by the same person at some point, blah, blah, blah. Anyway, we're outside on the sidewalk looking at where we think this drain comes out. This is me, my boss, and a plumber having a clearly professional conversation because we're all like, you know, dressed, not like average people just walking around the street. Um, and we are just saying something like, yeah, so um, this is this is it right here. And this lady walks up with her dog behind us and pe- and just leans in and goes, "What's that?" Which, who who does that, right? Obviously, we weren't talking to you. We weren't even facing her. I didn't even know she was there. She goes, "What's that?" And we were like, "Oh, we're just trying to figure out, um, find where this drain comes out." So, and she was like, "Did you find it?" And we were like, this, "We think this might be it." She was like, "Is that it?" And I thought, how many questions is this lady going to ask? So this is exactly how the conversation goes, okay? And you tell me when you think your uh, crazy meter would have gone off and you would have said, time to get out of here. Because mine went question number two, okay? But this is how the conversation went. I'll just go start to finish for you. Yeah, so I think this is it right here. What's that? Oh, oh, nothing. We were just, we were just looking. We're, we're working in that house right there. And so we're just trying to figure out where this comes out. Is that it? we think so. I mean, that's what we're trying to figure out right now. Um, so it looks like it should be it. Yeah. Yeah. I know it might be old. Uh, it looks like it was, you know, from the roof at some point. So we're not really sure. Okay. Cause yeah, it looks like that. It looks like that's it right there. Um, it would go this way. Yeah. Sometimes they go this way. They tie in out here. I don't really know. It's kind of up in the air. Is there something over there? Could it be over there? That's what we're trying to figure out. Don't really know. Uh, but anyway, and then she says, oh, because this is my house right here. And what the fuck? Hey, start with that. You know, why the fuck would you? 
I mean, come on. Start with that. Even still, even still that she made that revelation to us, still really weird and crazy, okay? But, but hey, start with that. Don't sit here and talk to me like some random crazy stranger who's just really interested in a thing that has nothing, that she knows nothing about and has nothing to do with her. And then 10 minutes in, go into that. And so we were like, oh, okay. And she was like, yeah, I'm not just some random person. And we were like, well, that's sure what it seemed like. And then, I mean, it just, it just kept getting crazier and crazier. And I was like, oh my God, I hate this so much. I hate it so much. I, that's my, that's my worst nightmare, man, is being trapped in a conversation with someone where I'm just like, awkward vibes are off the chart. My level of uncomfortableness, my anxiety is flying through the freaking roof. I just want to sprint away from this situation, okay? We even, there was a moment where we were like, well, so have you ever had, you know, any problems in your stuff with water backing up? And she goes, no, I don't think so. No, not really. And we go, oh, okay, great. And then we continue our conversation, no bullshit, for like a minute and a half, okay? She's been silent the whole time. We're just talking, yeah, you know, I think it, I think what we saw was on the camera, it was going this way. And so it should be headed out over there. I think maybe it might even pop out into the lane here and that this was just an old thing from the roof. And so, uh, you know, I don't know this is it because the grid, it doesn't make sense. Like the grid, it's not quite on the right angle. Yeah, no, I don't think I've ever had any problems. I'm not lying. That's how, that's how random it was. And we're like, okay, (laughs) this lady was so, so crazy. Um, But yeah, that was just a reminder to me of how much I strive to just keep away from that. Like we, we, we were like, well, it, to fix this really, we'd have to, you know, go into our property. And I went, no, let's find out. Let's find any other way because I don't want to ever talk to that lady ever again. That was horrible. Um, but that's just me. So a nice little story for you. Uh, are you the same way? You know, do you avoid the craziness like I do? Do you need some tips? Cause I can give you some tips. I should do a masterclass on how to avoid conversations you want no part of. Step one is definitely understand like seeing them i could look at a person's eyes and be like no no no. some people can't some people get 10 minutes in and they're like okay i'm ready to go and you, you're that you're done at that point you are well past the point of no return you're stuck okay that person is telling you about their children their nieces and nephews their family that lives in you know alberta they don't care that's the that's the number one tip off by the way is someone who's willing to share their life story with you upon meeting you for eight seconds that's get out of their territory, okay? That You gotta go. That's not gonna get better for you. That's gonna get way, way weirder, okay? You already think it's as weird as it's gonna get? No, it's an exponential weirdness curve that's about to just steeply turn upward and make your life real, real bad. So that's when you run. You find any excuse. You pull out your phone, you go, oh my gosh, uh, my daughter is headed to the hospital. Oh, so, yeah, thanks, nice talking to you. And you run, you literally run because you just gave a reason to run. Uh, so I guess that's my advice. Find a reason to where running would be acceptable and run sprint in the opposite direction. But anyway, um, if you've made it through that, congratulations and enjoy this, uh, interview conversation, whatever you want to call it with the athletics, Sean McIndoe. All right. I'm here with the athletics, Sean McIndoe. You may know him as down goes Brown from his athletic articles. Um, Sean, how are you today? I'm doing good. Thanks so much for being here. Um, if you don't know, Sean, uh, you got to subscribe to The Athletic if you're not already. One of my absolute favorite writers, um, 
some of the most creative stuff I've ever read. I don't know how you come up with some of these ideas, but they're all they're all hits in my book. Um, so I just wanted to give you that compliment right off the bat here. Oh, right on. Thank you. Uh, thanks very much. Yeah, of course. Um, I wanted to kind of talk to you about your BGB articles because they are so interesting and creative to me and all these ideas. Um, if you if you aren't aware, for example, your most recent one I checked out was uh, called Team Loyalty versus Team Vagabond. And the idea of that article was finding uh, or creating basically an all-star team, if you will, of players that have played for one team their entire career, aka Team Loyalty versus you know two teams, three teams, and so on and so forth until you get to Team Vagabond who've just been all over the place, like a Yarmir Yager and people like that. Um, which is an extremely interesting concept, but I've always wondered this is that that's got to take so much research. And in my mind, uh, you are either just a database of obscure hockey knowledge, which very well may be the case, or you have to spend a lot of time on the internet and, and everything finding all these things. So what's kind of the method to the madness for an article like that, that has to, you know, take in so much data. Yeah, it's 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 a little bit of column A and a little bit of column B. Uh, it, I've always been a bit of a history nerd when it comes to to sports in general and and hockey specifically. So there is already this this kind of database of odds and ends floating around in my head. And and one of the things that I've learned over the years is anything that that sort of pops into my mind that maybe resonated with me. Maybe it's some something I obscure thing I remember from decades ago, if it's in my head, it's in somebody else's head too. And, and there will be people out there who will see it and go, dude, I made the same joke 30 years ago, or I used to think the same thing, or I remember talking to my, my dad about this, you know, in, in the 1990s. And, uh, that doesn't necessarily grab you up a wide audience. I think a lot of this stuff is, is not meant to be, uh, you know, it's, it's not something that's going to land on the front page anywhere, but, uh, people will have fun with it. So I, I've sort of got a sense over the years of what works and what doesn't. Um, and then from there, yeah, it's, it, it can be a lot of time spent researching. Although I've, I've been doing this long enough that I've, I've got some, I've got a bit of a bag of tricks as far as how I can get, uh, websites like Hockey Reference and HockeyDB and, and and stuff like that, how I can get that to to work maybe a little bit better than it would seem like it could. Uh, and and then, yeah, it's just a case of uh, putting the time in it because, like I say, I've, it, deep down, I'm, I'm a bit of a nerd for this stuff. So, you know, if I'm sitting there with 20 browsers open, that's it's not really... It's not really work to me. It's uh, you know finding finding the answers to some of these problems is, is fun for me, and I'd, I'd probably be doing it on my own uh, just, just for my own satisfaction, if, uh, if circumstances were different. So the fact that I can do it as a job is, uh, uh, pretty cool. Yeah, that's awesome. It's, uh, it is almost like its own way of uh, weird science in the, in the hockey world of just obscure experiments of what happens if we, if we take this idea and how would it play out? Um, so it's extremely interesting. I'm a big fan of all your stuff and it's also nice. And I'm sure, as you know, in the hockey world, um, we are at a bit of a pitfall when it comes to personality in my mind uh, with other, like in comparison to other sports. So, you know, reading something that's a little more lighthearted with a, you know, root in, in hockey knowledge to me is, is a lot of fun. And uh, we need more of that in the sport. We can be, we can take ourselves a little too serious at times. I think, I don't know if you feel the same way. Yeah, no, I, for sure. In fact, that's, uh, you know, when I got my, my start, 
blogging when that was when that was a thing uh, 10 or 12 years ago that was sort of where i found my footing a lot was was doing stuff that that didn't take it seriously doing stuff that was a little more comedy oriented or humor oriented and and the reason i did that is because that was the stuff that i wanted to read and and nobody was really approaching it that way which is it's strange like for me as a canadian you go anywhere in the world and you you talk about canada the the very first thing people will think is hockey that's right. what we're known for but one of the the next things they come up with is is comedy like we're 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 the home of jim candy and or sorry john candy and jim carrey and mike myers and phil hartman and like you go on down the list uh and uh you know it, it, we're we're certainly not a country that has any shortage of of funny people and yet the doesn't those two circles don't seem to overlap in in the venn diagram of, of what canada is with very few exceptions like there are people like jim ralph who have uh who have who have brought humor onto hockey broadcasts and uh you know elston doing the comics and stuff like that but for the most part it's like it's it's we don't joke about hockey and it's that's always been weird to me because it's uh you know it's a game it's something i take it serious i've ta- i take it way too serious uh because that's what fans do but it's still a game it's a form of entertainment and and the lack of people out there who were who were willing to have some fun with it always kind of struck me as odd and uh you know that's people ask me sometimes like what's your advice for writers write the stuff that you want to read that that isn't out there and and you go ahead and become the source for it because there's probably somebody else who wants to see the same stuff and in, in my case that definitely turned out to be the case. There, there's an audience for this stuff, but for whatever reason, we just don't do it. Yeah, I mean, I think that's great advice. Also, I mean, that's that's kind of how I formulated something like this. Is you know, I don't, I don't necessarily put all the planning into in the world into a show like this. I just kind of the idea is, what would I want to hear? And uh, you know, what I would want to hear is a, you know, someone who knows what they're talking about obviously isn't just some guy in his basement jabbering on about what he saw on tv or what he read on twitter um about the team and whatnot but also just a light-hearted kind of you know i don't want to i don't want to be so serious and overanalyze every decision ever you know i want to you know it's nice to have some fun with it so um i'm glad that that exists in the hockey community because at times it feels like it's just tired old takes of guys arguing why the game was better in the 80s and uh I don't know that gets old after a while. So it's nice to keep it fresh. I think. <laughs> yep. No, for, for sure. I'm, I'm, I'm completely tired of turning on a hockey broadcast and just seeing a bunch of cranky faces yeah. of people who don't seem to be enjoying the game. They're getting paid to watch that night. I, I, I don't want homers. I don't want people telling me that everything's great and it's the best league in the world all the time. But at some point, like crack a smile, man. Like if you're not, if, if you can't do that, maybe, maybe this isn't the right, uh, Maybe this isn't the right business for you to be in. Yeah, I'm with you there. Um, I want to move on and talk about some of the stuff going on right now. Actually, hope I'm hoping that this this episode will come out tomorrow as we're recording this on Wednesday. Um, and I'm hoping that we get some sort of official announcement from the league. It's kind of been up in the air as to when exactly that will come out. Um, but it seems like all signs point to a mid-January start um, with you know a realignment and what exactly it ends up being. I feel like it's mostly set in stone with a few odds and ends to figure out as far as what team is where it might be a couple swaps who knows but um in general it seems like we'll have four divisions that are realigned obviously the canadian division will have to be a thing because of border access and all that sort of stuff and then grouping up all the other teams together 
Um, and what seems like will be around a 50, 56 game season is what I've heard tossed around. Um, so it seems like, I don't know, I don't know what your thoughts are on this. My understanding is that, or I guess I'm thinking of if I were to do this, I would put out some, maybe half a season schedule to start, um, and definitely keep it in divisions and limit travel as much as possible, probably playing games a few a few games at a time in a certain city if teams are traveling to, you know, minimize the amount of back and forth and all that. Um, but I don't, I don't know if we will get to a point where we're playing outside of divisions at all, um, which is an interesting concept to me, especially when it gets down to seeding in the playoffs. So um, I wanted to kind of grab your thoughts on that. Do you agree that you think it might be kept to just the divisions? And how do you, how do you see that working out as far as, you know, seeding teams and, just scheduling the the you know monster of a schedule that that would be. Yeah, I'm. I mean, I, I'm hearing the same stuff you are. I'm. I'm no insider. I don't. Uh, I, I don't have access to anything that that the people listening to this wouldn't have have already seen. But I think that sounds about right uh, as far as where we're headed. And uh, yeah, you're right. I mean, certainly in, in terms of going outside the division, it, it's not going to work for the all Canadian division. So uh, it's, it's not a bad idea, even though it would, it would have seemed ridiculous in any other scenario to do what you said. And, and that's to leave things open. Maybe you don't give the entire schedule uh, it, it, there. There hasn't even been yet a, and maybe this would be part of whatever announcement we're hoping to get on Thursday. They, they, they don't even seem to know exactly what the playoff format would be and whether it's going to be four teams in a division and, and you know, that old school style or whether there'd be some crossover. Uh, leave it open. If we've learned anything from the other sports that have tried to do this, and by this I mean play outside of a bubble situation because we know the bubble worked okay for the NHL and the playoffs, but but what happens when you go outside that and there's more freedom and and therefore more risk? Uh, you know, we, we've seen baseball kind of tiptoe right up to the line of total disaster and and be able to to pull it back in and and get a season done the nfl seems to be flirting with the same same sort of thing uh i'm i'm really not convinced that the nhl can pull this off uh i i think i would have said the same thing before the summer and i was proven wrong so i hope i'm proven wrong again but i feel like the success of the bubble in the summer is giving people too much confidence about how this is going to work uh, outside of a bubble environment, it, there's there's a lot of ways this could go wrong. And you look at what's happening in the NFL these days where it seems like every week brings a new breakout for some team. Uh, that's, that's difficult enough to deal with when you're the NFL and you've got an outbreak on Tuesday uh, and a team doesn't play again until Sunday. What, what happens when it, the game is that night and also the team played a different team the night before and they're playing a different team two nights after that? How do you make this all work? We saw it fall apart in baseball early on. Uh, baseball got back on track, but in baseball, you can play double headers. You can make up a lot of games. I mean, they had situations where some teams were 10 games behind in terms of games played and made it up. Can't do that in hockey. So so what do you do? Do you leave extra time at the end of a season? Uh, potentially for uh, if, if you need to backfill some games, sounds like they might do that. That would be smart. You know, we hockey fans, we like to have things set in stone in front of us. We like our rules. We like our gut. Don't do that this year. Leave it as open as you reasonably can without creating chaos, and that's that's probably the right way to attack it. Yeah, I agree. Definitely. I mean, pretending that you know what the landscape is going to look like in two, three months is just insane. Um, to to 
pretend that we have any idea of what it would be like is crazy. So why plan for that? Why don't we plan for what we know exists right now? Let's figure out something that works and then we'll keep reevaluating as we go on. Because I do agree that, you know, setting everything in stone kind of locks you into a plan that probably won't end up working because mm -hmm. the odds are that everything you expected to happen doesn't, that's not how, you know, the world works. I mean, even in a normal circumstance and especially not with what's going on right now. So um, I agree. I, I, I would hope that they would put together some, you know, plan to get us to let's get to, you know, February 28th and then let's see what we got after that and, and keep going from there. And um, you know, maybe it's space in the middle of, two parts of a season maybe it's space at the end i don't know i would imagine they'd need a lot of flex um i also don't know that we'll get as many games out as they want to for that reason i feel like you need to leave a lot of a buffer um because you know every everyone's talking about the olympics and you got to be over by a certain point in the summer you can't go to august you know october for another season like we did um this past year so yeah, there's just a lot up in the air that is is ambiguous. Um, but you know, I guess we'll just have to wait and see how it plays out. It's it's just really crazy. Um, before uh, I get into a Twitter question, I wanted to. I always think it's interesting to talk to someone who is maybe more notable on like a national scale and uh, isn't so focused in in a fan base um, on their opinions on the team that you know we cover here, being the Carolina Hurricanes. So. Um, I want to just briefly ask you, what are your thoughts on the Hurricanes as a team? Like, where do you see them? Do you, do you, um, see them having success this year? Weaknesses, strengths, all that sort of stuff. What are you, what are your thoughts on them? Yeah. I mean, I, I think they're well positioned. Um, I feel like at a national level, it's a team that obviously, as you guys know, most of the time doesn't get a lot of focus over the last couple of years. I feel like they've, they've sort of become the trendy breakout pick. Uh, yeah. and, and for, to some extent for good reason, obviously they've got a lot of good pieces in place, but I, I feel like nationally, maybe we're just getting a little bit ahead of ourselves as far as where this team is at. Um, but they, they've certainly got, got some strengths, uh, good young forwards, very well set on the blue line. I remain surprised that they didn't address the goaltending over the <laughs> off season. I, I understand to an extent why that was. Um, you know, when you look at the guys that they have right now, was anybody who, who realistically could have been a target that moved in the off season significantly better than that, uh, to a high degree of confidence, maybe not, but I would have, you know, going into an off season where we knew there was going to be a ton of movement and goaltending, I would have put the hurricanes high on my list of teams. I would have thought would have made at least one move in that, in that, uh, at that position and, uh, and it didn't end up happening. So I'm still nervous there. Uh, goaltending is voodoo. I, I'm not going to sit here and say, "Oh, their <laughs> their goaltending is not good enough to 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 go deep in the playoffs." Of course it yeah. is. It, who knows what's going? Who knows who's going to get hot for a few weeks? But I, I don't feel like it's a strength, and that does concern me a little bit. Uh, and then the other thing is, I'm I'm waiting to see what these final divisions look like because I've seen mm -hmm. some uh, some scenarios where you look at a division that the Hurricanes are in, and you go, "Oh, they're they're all set." They're they're going to be one of the top four teams in this division for sure. And then you know something moves around, and you look at it and you go, okay, hold on, maybe not. But you know the version where it's basically Tampa who would <laughs> who would run away with it, and then Carolina, and then a whole bunch of question marks. 
Yeah. That looks great. If I'm, if I'm, the I love it. I mean, I, I don't yeah. love the idea of having to go through the lightning, but you got to go through them eventually if you're going to win a Stanley Cup. So, right. uh, give me home ice advantage in a first round, whatever, whatever home ice might be worth by then. Um, <laughs> I feel pretty good about that uh, starting the season as a strong favorite to be a, a top two team. But then every time I start to start to look at that and go, oh, yeah, and then I see some new division format where suddenly a couple <laughs> right. other teams are, you know, Pittsburgh's back in or whoever, and you go, okay, maybe not. So, Let's see how that goes. You know, I like the hurricane a lot. I, I, I don't, I don't want to get, as I said, too far ahead. I, I feel like it, it, you know, every we're now in that zone where there's going to be a couple people every year picking them to win the cup, and and I don't, I don't see how you can reasonably point to them as as favorites to go that far. But they're a good team. They've got good pieces, and in today's NHL, all this parity, good team, good pieces. That's that's uh, that gets you most of the way there, and then a lot of the rest of it is it just comes down to getting the bounces. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I, I honestly would say that your assessment of the team is very much in line with my own. Um, you know, excited. I think the Hurricanes fan base in general is excited that um, they've gotten back to some relevance uh, with some, you know, kind of changes in the organization and coaching and player acquisitions. They got incredibly lucky with uh, Andrei Svechnikov in the draft lottery. That was a big deal. Mm-hmm. Um, so things are definitely trending upward. But yeah, I, I'm not ready to uh, to wave, you know, the warning flag that we are you know, contenders. We're not, we're not in the Boston Tampa category. Um, and I think that anyone who thinks that is probably pretending themselves a little bit, but very much like you said, I wouldn't have thought Dallas would, you know, make it to the, to the cup finals. Um, I like them a lot. I like what their team is built around. I think that the hurricanes could use a team like Dallas as a model for what they could do very well. If they had, you know, enough two way guys to commit to that sort of play, it works. I think that the defense first thing with enough skill to score. I mean, everyone said Dallas, Oh, they can't score. And I look at their roster. And I'm like, they have a lot of very underrated, solid, like top nine players that may not be stars, but um, you know, I feel like they have enough scoring depth with, especially with a lot of really good young players. I mean, you look at a guy like Gurionov, like I, I would find that player extremely exciting, or hence, or you know, a lot of those guys. So um, I think the Hurricanes could be a team like that that you don't expect to just run away with anything or have an easy time of it. Um, but, you know, like you said, all the parity in the league, anything's possible. I feel like they are good enough to get to that. Um, it would just take, you know, some out, you know, effort every night and, and a lot of luck probably, which is hockey's all about luck. So I guess it's not too out of the question. Yeah, no, I mean, that's that's it. And one of the things that I sometimes like to do when I'm I'm trying to figure out what my my tears look like as far as cup contenders is. I, I try to imagine that I'm I'm fast forwarding to the future and this team has just won the Stanley Cup. And what does the one paragraph story about how they did it look like? And right. and for some teams, it's a lot harder to imagine than others. And and the Hurricane are, are one of those teams where it's not that hard to imagine what that paragraph would look like. And then there's there's a lot of things that would have to happen, clearly. Uh, and they're not necessarily likely to happen, not all of them. But it's not hard to imagine a scenario where you go, yeah, you know, uh, Sebastian Aho had a breakout. Svechnikov really broke out and became an elite forward. The goaltending was fine. The blue line was fantastic. They were in a good division. They ran into, they got Tampa in round two and and injuries or puck luck or whatever. You know, Tampa wasn't as strong as we thought. And off they went to the final four. And by the time you're at the final four, it's just, yeah, uh, yeah. We're, like, we're, you just got to have the coin come up heads two more times in a row. And, and there you go. So, uh, it's it's not hard to imagine for them. Uh, you know, I, I I would probably say that there's a top tier of 
four to six teams that I would consider the really elite contenders. And that's, you know, that's Tampa, Boston, Colorado, Vegas. And then, you know, we can argue over, over a couple of the other teams. And then there's probably another half dozen teams, six to eight, maybe that are not top contenders, but are reasonable, realistic. Yeah. This team could win the cup and it wouldn't shock anyone. And, and Carolina's, in that category and, and maybe even towards the upper half of that category. Yeah, I'd agree with you on that. Um, all right, before I let you go, because we have creeping up on 20 minutes here, so I want to get you out of here. But um, I do have a Twitter question real quick, just a fun, quick thing from uh, our brothers on the Hockey Podcast Network over at the Red Wings Rant, who ask, Sean, why do you always have to be so honest and level-headed with your takes? Do you have a response for that one <laughs> uh my my response would be that i think i have a lot of people in my comment sections who might take issue with that <laughs> and, and question that i've i'm already like I, i'm spending today i didn't know that there were bernie federko truthers out there but i'm, I'm spending today arguing with I'm bernie federko fans who think that i'm i wake up every morning with a grudge uh, against uh, against him uh look, honestly th- this is there there's kind of different ways to be a fan and i'm someone where i've always made it very clear i may I'm a fan. I'm a Leafs fan. I'm a diehard. Have been my whole life. I, I don't buy into this idea that you can't write about hockey unless you completely right. eliminate any any sort of view of fandom. I, I get that you shouldn't be breaking news if you have a rooting interest for for a given team, but um, I think you can you can do smart hockey commentary that comes from a fan's perspective. And in fact, I think for a lot of issues these days, it's better to come from a fan's perspective than from some supposedly neutral place that kind of loses sight of, of why we're doing all this. Um, But I have never been one of those fans who views everything with, with Homer glasses. Like, you know, like at the start of every NFL season, like they'll always show, like they find some guy and he's like in a Bengals shirt. He's like, yeah, Super Bowl this year. And you're like, what, why would you think that? Like, you know, New York jets, this is our year. You're like, dude, why? (laughs) No one, no one else thinks that I have never understood that. And yet I know there's certain people who do it. And maybe it's because I grew up as a Leafs fan and the optimism just got beaten right out of me early on. (laughs) But I've, I've never been somebody who sits there every year going, this is our year. We're going to win for sure. I've never been somebody who sits there when you lose and goes, ah, the refs were all against us. We should have won. Like, yeah, it's hockey has its ups and downs. And I think you can be a fan of a team and still say, yeah, they played like garbage tonight or they're yeah. not, the roster's not good enough or this guy isn't good at his job and they should get someone else. Um, I have never understood doing the full on homework glasses thing. And then having the job that I have now, maybe I also have to turn the dial down just a little bit uh, every Like, it, I'm not saying it doesn't ever happen that I write something and I go back and look at it with fresh eyes and I'm like, you know what? No, we're going to. We're going to dial that one, that one a couple of steps back. But yeah, I just, uh, to me, level-headed, uh, you know, being level-headed about who's good and who's bad and all this other stuff, while also still having a passion and an interest in it. Because what, what you don't want is the commentary from somebody who sounds like they're just bored by the whole thing and doesn't even understand why anyone cares. Right. Um, so I, I, I try to strike that balance. And again, the short answer is that's... That's the kind of stuff I like to read. That's what I want from the people I'm reading. So that's that's what I try to do when I'm I'm on the other side of it. Yep, I agree with you. That's awesome. That's the way to do it, in my opinion. Um, Sean, thanks so much for doing this. Um, everyone, go check out his articles on the Athletic. The Down Goes Brown articles follow on Twitter at Down Goes Brown. Correct. I didn't mess that up, did I? That's it. Yep. <laughs> awesome. All right, Sean. Thanks so much. I'll have to do this again sometime. Right on. Thank you. See ya.